you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. My name's Steve Curtis. And my name's Luke Emmett. And this week we're speaking to Andrew. How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm all right. I'm now's, not too bad. Now, Steve. Yeah. Now, when we are recording this, it is April first. Um, yes. Which is also known as April Fool's Day. Would you like to tell our <laughs> listeners what happened to you today? Uh, so I was at work, and we were talking about we need to get a a a team biscuit tin. We want to have a biscuit tin at work where we all have biscuits and. The kind of Jaffa cakes came up, and I was like, "A Jaffa cakes allowed in a cake tin, in a biscuit tin, because are they biscuits or are they cakes?" Mm. And then I brought up, you know, it went to court and all this kind of thing, and technically they're cakes because when they're stale, blah blah blah. And then um, someone was like, "Steve, you're full of stupid facts. What do you not have any time apart from to find stupid facts?" I was like, "No, I'm just inquisitive." <laughs> And then I turn around and bring up QI, you know, quite interesting. It's like known to be like really facts and really amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I brought up there with Twitter and read the first thing that occurred. And I was full of, I was like, did you know that 200,000 blue whales are in the sewer system under New York City? <laughs> <laughs> and literally... Blue whales <laughs> in the sewers under New York City, everyone. 200,000 of them. I genuinely, I read it full of amazement. I was like, wow, how do I not know that? <laughs> and, um, and people were like, you know blue whales are like the biggest thing ever. I was like, oh man, do you know when I was imagining them in my head I imagine them as like little baby like diddy things and I'm like yeah and then they go they leave the sewers when they reach (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't even thought of that (laughs) ah so yeah I fell hard for that this year I don't know why I think it was towards the end of the day and you're just gullible Steve yeah 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 Yeah, I am mostly (laughs) Uh, anyway Steve would you like to remind the listeners of where they can find us I will do that so (laughs) listeners if you want to get in touch with us you can find us on Facebook you can search for Our Walk if you are a Twitterer you can find us at Our Walk Pod if you want to get in touch with us and I always ask for artwork because I just I want to imagine what people could send us if you've got artwork artwork, please send it because Steve's asked so much for it now yeah Outwalkpod at gmail.com or we have a website now. We're very fancy and professional like that. Outwalkpod.com. Yes, brilliant. Right. Now, once you've got in touch with us and sent us your artwork, come back and listen to Andrew. Andrew, hello. 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 How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. The sun's out. It's just started to turn the weather. I'm rather enjoying it. So yeah, I'm Spring all is right. here. I'm Spring all right. is here. Sat here in my shorts. Yes, and I'm sat here in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of weather, isn't it? It is. Have, you, have you fallen for an April Fool's before? Or even today? Ooh. Uh, I probably have in the past. Not I'm not today. sure I can remember, remember any, but I probably have. Not today, though. Okay. Not, not, not blue whales in the Not blue whales. Not blue whales, no. Uh, now, Andrew, um, so far... Uh, in all the episodes we've done, me and Steve, we have known the people we've interviewed pretty well. Uh, whether that 
they're here in Life Spring Church or they are people that have been to Life Spring Church or friends of friends. Uh, you are someone that Steve doesn't know at all. Indeed. I know you very little <laughs> because I was good friends with one of your neighbours. Um, yeah. He's not your neighbour anymore. No. He's moved to Wales, Tom. Uh, apparently I was sat outside his house one time and you thought I was a bit weird because I was waiting for him to come home. Like, I don't remember. That's what he said. He was like, oh yeah, my mate Andrew said you, you were a bit oh, weird. Oh, really? uh, okay, I don't remember. Sat outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how I know you. Um, I think I came to a birthday drink. Your you birthday did, drink you did. Yeah, Over at the next hit. That's it, brilliant. I remember very little about that as well. The less said about that, I better. <laughs> joking, joking. Um, so yeah, so I'm quite interested because this is all kind of new stuff. I know you... You know, every time we bump into town, we always say hi to each yeah. other and stuff. Well, I'm um, yeah, you know, you definitely are. You definitely are. So today, for the listeners finding out about your story, your walk, it's also me and Steve finding out about your walk. Oh, so, I do. Oh. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be able to come and come and share it with you guys. So. Oh, well, thank you so much for being a part of it. So with all that said, why don't you start us off and tell us? Uh, just start from like the beginning. So part one is all about childhood, school life family life you know so just tell us a little bit about that so originally i was born in uh tower hamlets in right. the east end of london wow okay yeah i was born there hmm. and uh I was, i'm actually i was adopted okay. at three months right um so i i, I only spent three weeks in tower hamlets right. so i can't really call myself a cockney i don't think it qualifies <laughs> i don't think three weeks somewhere actually qualifies um so i've been in reading since I was three months old. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, didn't know anything about my birth family at all. Mm-hmm. So the family that, well, the, the day family the that day I was adopted family. into is very much my family because I don't know anything other from three months. Yeah. So that's very much it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, school wise, I would like to start at primary school. Yeah. And I'm sure some of your listeners. Will uh will have been there as well. I did. And yeah. they have remembered me from there. I don't know. Give us a shout out if you're from Southcote Primary School. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't say I enjoyed primary school all that much. No. No, it wasn't for me. I found it very boring. Right. Um, boring in the sense of that you were not that the people were boring if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, was it boring because like were you very intelligent? And it was just like I know all this stuff, or was it just as most people, it's like, oh, it's boring. It was boring yeah. because, mainly because I'm a fidget. Right, okay. And I had to sit quite often, as you did in primary school, in one classroom and, and, and in one seat yeah. for a lot of the day. And that just didn't fit with me. Mm. Um, and I've always been quite opinionated, I suppose. Right, yeah. And it didn't quite, you weren't really allowed to have opinions at that age. You were there to learn. That's it. Um, so it didn't really fit with me in primary school. Two times two is four. I don't agree! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so no, I didn't do, enjoy primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose I didn't apply myself either terribly much right, at okay. primary school. Mm. Um, and that, for me, was kind of a recurring theme throughout school. You were from, like, secondary school? Secondary school, yeah. Like, although I enjoyed secondary school much more. Okay. I got on better there. Good. Uh, yeah, had more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Fitted in better there. Brilliant. Um, in terms of, I mean, I was always aware of God there. I was aware of him. Uh, I wouldn't say I was like a massive Christian. Mm-hmm. I wasn't entirely sure that I knew what it was. I went to church every week. I've grown up in a church-going family. 
Yeah, so um, your family were um, Christians? And yeah, always have been, always have been. So I was, I was raised in a, a kind of middle-of-the-road Anglican parish. Right. Okay. Um, St Matthew's in Southwood. Right. If anyone knows that one. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Opposite Coronation Square, the big cross. People often think it looks like a warehouse. Right. Um, but yeah, so I was raised there in, in that church. Um, and you just, I just didn't question it. It was just what I, I did on Sundays. Yeah. I didn't have any animosity towards God. Um, I just didn't think, I, I just wasn't sure what it was. I just went. But it definitely has shaped me. Yeah. By being taken and by going and growing. So it wasn't, I've never had a kind of flash moment, kind of like, uh, you're not Christian, now you're Christian. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. Um, just a slow, continual growth, I suppose, mm-hmm. is how I best describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a happy childhood. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, definitely didn't have an unhappy childhood. Good. That wasn't yeah. to say that I didn't have moments in it where I wasn't yeah. unhappy. Yeah. Um, there were definitely moments where I questioned myself and questioned when I was as good as other kids at school. I think it's hard when you're at school as well. You kind of put yourself in that race among other kids, yeah, among definitely. your peers. Like, um, oh, even if you're good at PE, but if you're not good at math, you can start to feel like a failure. Yeah. And that was very much me. Right. Um, I wasn't a mathematician. I wasn't very good at it. And I felt like I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've grown older, I've come to learn and realise more that God gives you gifts. Um, but all too often we want other people's gifts. Mm. So, you know, if you're very good at music and I'm very good at art, you might want to be very good at art. Yeah. And I found I was like that at school all the time. And that made me more unhappy, I suppose, than my actual raising. So would you say that was sort of a a sense of feeling like a failure because you weren't, like, doing well in those certain areas that other people were? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I always struggled with that. Yeah. Um, I still do. I still do. I think that's an ongoing battle. Yeah. Ongoing battle. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are moments when I feel really good and moments when I feel really bad. But I say that's been recurring throughout my life. Hmm. That's nothing to do with my family life. That's nothing to do. With I think that's life in general, isn't I it? Think, Don't yeah. we all have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, school, primary school, fairly, fairly happy. Teenage years, how were they for you? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's quite tough for everyone. Teenage years. Yeah, probably. I mean, the default is yeah. pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty tough. But, but not. They weren't rebellious. Right. I wouldn't say they were very rebellious at all, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I was, you know, perfect all the time and didn't have any hassle or anything like that. But uh, I think I think they're not quite as exciting as some people might have in their teenage years, where they you know, rebelled and nicked a few cars and mm. got into drugs and all that kind of thing. I didn't really have that. Okay. Um, they were. I don't know how to describe my teenage years actually. Topsy turvy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just kind of ebbed and flowed with life, mm. really. I suppose more than being, they weren't controversial particularly, as I just said. But uh, yeah, they just kind of were. Yeah. If that doesn't sound too boring. Mm-hmm. No, no. So what um, about? Um, so you said uh, as a child, you know, you going to church, which is sort of a natural thing for you. What teenage years was? Were you still going to church and attending church? Yeah, I was. I was still going. Yeah. Um, I suppose I questioned it a lot more. Yeah, of course, yeah. I um, think you would have it went Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. You're you questioning everything. You do. Yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, one of the things that I'm looking into now, and hopefully uh, will start next year, is training for priesthood in the Anglican Church. Wow. Um, and I remember my first call to that when I was 15. 16, 15, maybe 16. Wow, that's quite um, young. Mm, very young. Yeah, to have a call like that. and Topsy you know, Turvy years. Topsy yeah. Turvy, yeah. <laughs> no, Which is, wow, you know, nice. I, was, I was 27 yesterday, so it's taken me all that time. You're not so that old. I am, um, I am. Can't you see the light in the beard? Oh, now you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, wow, yeah. So, yeah, so it's taken all that time to respond to it. Mm-hmm. I, can me- I can remember getting it sort of 15, 16. Mm. I remember God just saying to me, just three words, three simple words, priest, uh, priesthood, and then I want you to be a priest. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea at 15 what that meant. Yeah. The only images I had of priests were older men, uh, very educated men, mm-hmm. certainly not me. Yeah. So I just pushed that away. Um, I suppose the biggest thing about my teenage years was I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Um, like I saw a lot of people th- saying, "Oh, I want to go to uni to t- go be a teacher or be a doctor or I want to be an airline pilot, whatever it was." Mm-hmm. And I was just didn't I didn't feel at that time like I had any passion towards anything. Yeah. It, I just thought, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Uh, I could take so many GCSEs and so many A-levels and go to uni, but I didn't know what I was going to do with that. And that was kind of a big frustration for me mm. through my teenage years, that other people, even at that age, seemed to have their life set out. Mm. Um, but, of course, we never set our own life out. True. Yeah. And it changes. Yeah. Um, but when you're a teenager, I think you like to have everything worked out. Yeah. That's kind of a scary thought that if it's not worked out, then it's all just going to go yeah. horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I don't plan now, we yeah, get done. Yeah, what? and I think society helps you believe that as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, and it, you know, that if you don't, if you don't do GCSEs and your A level, I have done GCSEs by the way, but you know, if you don't do, GCSEs, <laughs> I was going to question. Yeah, yeah, I have done. I have done. But right. if you didn't do that, and if you don't do that, and if you don't do the other, then there's kind of like no hope for you. Yeah, and I think that's what. Um, and that's certainly for, for what God did differently for me. He shows a hope, yeah. a very different hope mm-hmm. to what society projects onto us and likes to push onto us. Mm. Um, Interesting. Right, before you skip ahead too much, because I am quite keen to jump forward because you've hinted at it a couple of times, but I, and this might be a personal question, so I can edit this out. If, but um, you mentioned right at the start about you being adopted. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned how you've never had anything to do with birth. Yeah. Family. Um, did you, <laughs> friends? You know, friends. When Chandler goes round to that family's house and accidentally reveals that that child is adopted, have you watched that? I, I, <laughs> did you I, have a similar experience, or did you find out like? No, you know, no. My family have never kept it from me okay. because what they didn't want to happen is for me to get to kind of this age and then mm. find out and mm. then me to go. Well, why didn't you tell me? So it was always... So it was just kind of... It wasn't thrust in my face. It wasn't no. like, oh, you were adopted, da 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 But mm. it wasn't, like, kept from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just... I was let know that I was. Yeah. And then what I did with that was up to me. Mm. As I grew older, mm. like, if I wanted to trace them, I could. But I made a decision very early on not to. Yeah. Because mm. um, I didn't really see the point. No. I can't really see the point. No, and that's true. I, I, know I mean, it's few... different for each person. Yeah, and I know a few people um, that have sort of... 
been adopted themselves. Some people, they do want to trace back yeah. who their birth parents are. Some people are just sort of okay with not because, in a sense, and you probably agree with this, you grew up with a family. Yeah. They're your yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, so... And I think life is quite complicated on its own. Yeah. yeah. Without trying to add in a whole group of people who you don't remember. Mm. Yeah. As kind of, you know... When, and when you get married as well, you've got two families joining together. What would you do with this kind of third yeah. Yeah. sort of? And and it gets complicated if they want in on it more, mm-hmm. and you don't. And I'm just no for me, really no. But I'm sure for some people it works. Yeah, yeah, no, we're all different. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things with this podcast we sort of show with finding God and you know our journeys. We're all different mm-hmm. in them and stuff. Um. So you know, regarding what Steve asked, were there any moments that this sort of you know was was there any sort of struggles with this of um like you know did you ever think about tracing them uh like tracing your birth family and what was it sort of hard for you to sort of you know think about yeah i mean yeah in some ways i had thought about tracing i had thought about it yeah because i think everybody has that kind of thing of where do you come from Mm -hmm. uh what's your background made up of Mm. I think everyone has that kind of, I wonder what, um, where I come from, what I'm made up of, and all that kind of thing. And mm. some people, of course, know and can trace all the way back. Yeah. Um, and I know some of my background. Okay. I know some of my background. Um, and part of that almost wanted me to open it up more yeah. and trace it and find out more and more. And mm-hmm. then I just, yeah, I thought, no, in the end, I thought, no, yeah. no, let's not. You know, go back into what I didn't know, what so I don't remember, and in a sense, it's you're made up more than of just of what kind of your family originate from. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, we're made up of a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and we're raised by people, and uh, love shapes us, and who we are is not just defined by where we've come from. Mm. Um, and I came to terms with that with that thrown into the whole teenage years mm. as well. Yeah. Um, looking at where you're going to and where you've come from yeah. certainly added into the mix of the turmoil of teenagers. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was quite lucky. I always consider not being rebellious lucky. Right. Because I've I, I mean I've got friends who, you know, have did rebel. Um, and then they get a bit older, they get into their twenties and thirties mm-hmm. and they wish they hadn't. So I mean, some people say to me, do you not feel that you, you know, missed out on rebellious, right, rebelling okay. being in those years? No, no, no. I don't, no, no. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but as I say, they weren't all easy years, they weren't all good years, they weren't perfect well, years. as we said, topsy-turvy. Uh, indeed, yeah. yeah topsy-turvy. Yeah. Right, um, I think that's a good place to end part one. Uh, we'll be back in a moment's time to come back in part two. back for part 
two. We've really got to record like what happens between breaks. <laughs> a lot of funny stuff happened and it's said, um, <laughs> between the parts. Steve, go ahead. You well, want to tell people. No, only, only we were talking about, you know, ah, oh, maybe we could get microphones or start up a Patreon and uh, and then Luke was saying, oh, you know, this podcast will last 178,000 years. No, it's seasons. Seasons. I said this is right, only sorry. season two of 138,000. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, this podcast, hopefully it will outlive us, you know, we'll get two new hosts. And then Andrew chips in with, yeah, like Terry Wogan. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking, what, Terry Wogan's going to have this podcast after us? One, he's dead. (laughs) And two, I'm not sure he'd take this podcast off us. (laughs) Even if he wasn't. (laughs) Anyway, let's get get back on track, guys. Almost Terry Wogan. (laughs) The legend that is. Was he Irish? Was. Yeah. Yeah. So... Just a quick little fact for people that are listening, a bit of banter. I'm really deaf when it comes to accents. Like, I can never really pick up accents. Um, Like, this lady who I was in a relationship with, she was Polish. When I first met her, I thought she was French. I said Polish because it was just a guess, but I was thinking French, (laughs) you know. So with Terry Wogan, I always thought he was British. Well, his Irish accent wasn't that strong. It wasn't as strong as, you know, it wasn't thick. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Doing accents, though. Huh? You do accents though, don't you? You do impressions and stuff. Yeah, I do a lot of impressions of people, you know, like little mannerisms and stuff. And, right, okay. But like, if you put me on the spot now and said do a Scottish accent, in fact, like a hard one to do the Scottish yeah, accent. Yeah, well, like Helen Wilson oh, yeah. uh, in an early episode asked us to do uh, a Geordie accent. It was a bit like I could probably do it, but because I'm put on the spot. Yeah, 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 I can't do it. You can't <laughs> yeah. on the spot. It's difficult sometimes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, definitely. It's... I'm, I'm safe. Right. Anyway, yeah, back on, back on subject. <laughs> you know, this podcast isn't meant for just, you know, breeze, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know just just... Chatting, chatting banter. About, you know, we've got a very important it's story here. It. It's all part of true, it. True, true. Yeah. You know, I hope you listeners are having a good time as much as we are here. Um, so, Andrew, <laughs> back on track. Part two is all about sort of a moment. You, you touched a little bit about on uh, moments of you know, like God speaking to you mm-hmm. and, and telling um, you what you, sort of he has planned for your life mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, was there any sort of specific moment? Can you think of one moment in particular where you either heard God or felt God, where it kind of was like it made you sort of click and go, whoa, this, this is real and this is what I sort of want to... Uh, like base my life on on you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Good. I can actually. Oh, good. Remember one moment <clears throat> in which I think I'll get back to that in a second. But I sure. think I think all of us have moments where we feel God doesn't speak. Yeah. Because I think it's really easy for people to think, well, God speaks to everyone else and not to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's that whole thing, and you'll be told, you know, just listen to God, listen to God, and people think, well. I am, yeah. I am, I can't hear anything. Yeah. And I think patience is a great part of that. Yeah, definitely. And he'll speak when you're not listening and when you're not when you're not expecting to receive anything. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can try too hard. Yeah. Um I think it was Michael Ramsey, a former Archbishop of Canterbury. Mm-hmm. Someone said to him, How long do you spend in prayer a day? And uh, they you know, the answer that they were expecting was like two or three hours of being archbishop and he said oh about one minute a day right and it takes me 59 minutes to get there (laughs) i think it's that that whole thing you know god doesn't it's not easy listening to god it's not always easy hearing god either um 
But he does speak. He does speak very real. Mm. Um, and so for me, getting back to your your question, yeah, I I worked um, at the Anglican shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham in Norfolk. Wow. Um, All these amazing places. I know, you know? I know. So you yeah. get someone like me and you don't know what you're going to hear. Exactly. Terry Wagon. For what? Blue Whale was in New York. Blue Whale. Um, <laughs> so, say that again. So, the Anglican Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham. Right. So, Walsingham is a village in North Norfolk. Mm. And the story goes that in 1061, I think. There was a manor house there, um, and the lady of the manor was the Lady Rochelders. Right. Okay. Uh, and Our Lady, as in Mary, uh, appeared to her and told her to uh, build a holy house, a replica of where the Annunciation took place in Nazareth, where the angel Gabriel first appeared and said, yeah, Will you have Jesus? And yeah. she said, Yes. Uh, and it's become a place of pilgrimage. And it's been a place of pilgrimage ever since 1061. Mm-hmm. And then in the Reformation, Henry VIII destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was uh, returned to a place of pilgrimage. So that's a little bit of background to yeah. where I worked for a year. Gosh, you know, we had um, a guy, Toby, who gave his podcast. He was talking a bit about astronomy. Mm. He was talking a bit about history. Gosh, this is educational. <laughs> educational. <laughs> oh, what? Educational. I, well, the only thing that occurred to me then was... Henry VIII really liked destroying things. Yeah, <laughs> he did, he did. He destroyed, he destroyed walls yeah. in as a place of pilgrimage. And women's, women's heads. And, women, yeah. and women's heads. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. let's, let's no, move no. on. Right. So uh, I, I remember, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning, being in the Shrine Church, and we've got a family's pilgrimage, so aimed at youngsters, kids, mm. with, their, with their families. Um, and I remember, I just remember... Um, it was the Mass uh, on the Sunday morning, or the Holy Communion. Okay. Um, and I just remember uh, going towards Communion, to receiving Communion, and just having the most amazing and overwhelming sense of the love of God wow. that I've never had before. I can't really say I've had it since right. in the same okay. way. Yeah. But that's okay. The first time. That's okay. Yeah. You know, you, you don't need to feel that powerful all the time to believe that God is real. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the Psalm 46? We still know that I am God. Yeah. Um, you know, God wasn't in the earthquake, God wasn't in the flood, fire, and all of that kind of thing. So I don't think that we need to have amazing signs all the time yeah. to know that God is real. But for that, for me, in that moment then, I, I just remember it. And it, it made me weep. Mm-hmm. Weep! I couldn't contain it. Um, just, just this most extraordinary, overwhelming feeling mm. that what I was believing in was true. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's carried me ever since that that moment. I've had other little moments since, like smaller ones, I'd say. But that huge moment, that uh, my biggest biggest moment, I'd say, mm. in which God spoke to me. Um, so I, I would encourage people never to give up listening to God. Yeah. Um, and never to be kind of always be prepared to have your mind blown by God, mm-hmm. but don't don't continually look for it all the time because it will happen. Mm. It will happen. I think all too often we can put God in a box. Mm. We were discussing actually before we came on air about this yeah. um, uh, how easy it is to put God into our box yeah. that we create because. 
you know, we, we make God up with our own human mind. And God's so much bigger than any of that. Um, so don't put God in boxes. Yeah. Don't put God in boxes. And let, him, let him work. Let him work. Let his Holy Spirit work freely. Um, and he'll come, to, he'll come to you. He will. So when you had that experience and you were weeping, would you say that's when kind of Holy Spirit kind of had a, a big impact on your life at the same time? Or did he, that kind of come later? Or I guess maybe he came then, but you didn't understand it till later? Kind of how... I would definitely say the latter there was true. Like, well, well, we receive Holy Spirit at baptism. Yeah. So he comes at that point. Um, I would say to people, if people say to me, and I get asked this question, when were you saved? And I, in a non-obnoxious way, but would always say 2,000 years ago on a hillside outside Jerusalem. Right. Because we were all saved at the same point yeah. in human history. True. However, we all come to realise it at different points in our life. Mm. You know, we always come to realise what Christ did for us on the cross and what God does for us at different stages. And, I, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit mm. thing. I believe I received it at baptism. I came to realise it much later. Yeah. Um, so definitely at that moment was a reinforcement mm. of of the knowing that I've received the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, um, what you you have mentioned listening to God a number of times. Yeah. I imagine there are probably some people listening who are kind of going, "Well, I'm listening to you guys talk now, but I can't listen to God in that way." So, kind of what what could you elaborate on? kind of listening to God, what you kind of mean yeah, by how, that. How do you hear God? I mean, for people it's different, isn't it? It is, it's really different. People could say they hear him verbally. Um, it's like worship, feel you know, we yeah. all do it differently. Yeah, and I think listening <laughs> is, is, is all different. So, I mean, I can give, kind of tell you how I listen, but yeah. that may be different for yeah, the that's listeners. Interesting. You yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's about creating very deliberate space and time for God because life's really busy you know we have families we have jobs we have churches that we help in um, we have friendships and, and life just becomes really busy and really hectic mm. and certainly for me I'm quite a, a, quite a chaotic person anyway I tend to sort of go oh I need to be doing this now oh I need to be doing this now and sort of jumping from thing to thing as I think of it and if I'm not careful I can get to the end of the day and think, oh, I haven't, I haven't prayed at all, I haven't listened to God at all. So for me, it's about carving out very deliberate space and a very deliberate time mm. to, allow, to allow God to speak to me. Um, and in prayer, I think, as well, people think, and it's easy to think, and I've thought for a long time as well, that prayer is about using lots of words, about talking to God, but it can be about saying nothing. Mm. And just entering into a deliberate state of being still inside and outside. Mm. Um, I always think, you know, if you, there's no old tale as well, but I like, you know, if you go to the, at the doctor's with a long list of things and you walk into the doctor and you say, I've got a bad knee and a bad hip and a bad back, thank you so much, and leave mm. without listening to the doctor's advice, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. That's it, yeah. And it's the same with God. If mm. you sit down and you just reel off all your worries and all your problems, and then go, well, that's that done. And don't create any space into which to listen to God. Mm-hmm. Your relationship's never going to deepen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it's important to carve out deliberate time. And that doesn't have to be long. You know, it doesn't have to be, 
I couldn't sit down for an hour no, and, pret- yeah. and pretend to be listening for an hour. Because that's what it would be if I said, right, I'm going to do it for an hour. It might be that I do it an hour over a day, mm-hmm. but broken up into chunks of yeah. 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be 10 minutes sat down in a church. It can be 10 minutes on the bus on the way to work or 10 minutes on your bike on the way to school or whatever it is. But you do need time. Yeah. Deliberate time. I think, anyway. No, no, that's absolutely true, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, you mentioned about that sort of first moment of like encountering God, hearing God. Mm. Were there um, any other moments where... You said that you've not had a moment as strong as that moment. No. Ever since. But were there, mo- were there other strong moments that weren't as strong but were still quite influential in your life that have kind of helped you um, on your journey with God? Definitely, like definitely. Yeah. And again, it's... <laughs> I'd go back to um, the priesthood that I feel called to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel, say that God's hand in that has been through lots of little moments rather than a big, huge moment. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for instance, there was a couple who came to the church that I was worshipping at at the time that didn't know me at all. It was literally the first time I'd met these people. And they said to me... Um, have you ever thought about being a priest? All right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right, okay. Yeah. And um, then I was at another church, and it was the sermon slot, and the, the person who was preaching asked a question, and I answered it. And I know it was slightly tongue-in-cheek, but he said to me, you should be a priest. And at that moment, it's like the whole of that time zone just sort of froze. Yeah. And I felt like everyone in the church was just staring at me. And I was like, okay, God, this is, this is now quite real. Mm. Um, so I've had lots of little moments like that that have helped cement uh, my sense of vocation. Mm-hmm. All called, vocation sounds a very churchy word as well. I think, right. you know, you talk about vocation and yeah. people think... Uh, and, I've, and I've had this chat with people and they say, oh, I haven't got a vocation. Mm. And I say, well, what do you mean you haven't got a vocation? Well, I don't feel called to be a priest or a monk or a nun. Right. And a vocation <laughs> is just whatever we're called, whatever we're meant to do. Yeah, yeah. So whether that's your vocation to teach, or your vocation to be a firefighter, or your vocation to run a pub, it's just whatever God's put you on this earth to or do. Or run a world-class podcast. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Wogan, eat your heart. Oh dear. I'm out of questions. Are you... Yes, yeah. that looks like a recipe. <laughs> Alright, so let's end part two here and then we'll be back with part three when we find out more about what's happened in your life since your faith was cemented. In a mo. Hello, my name's Terry Wogan and... Uh... I committed to doing that before really thinking about what I was going to sound like. People so. are going to like listen to that. If they pause it before you know we all said, I'd be like, I didn't know Bob Marley was. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my end of attempting to be humorous. Uh, <laughs> 
was humorous. Uh, yeah, that should just be thing. your end of not of doing impressions. Yeah, accents and impressions, not yeah. your vocation. Not mine. <laughs> ah, vocation! <laughs> Hashtag vocation. Hashtag vocation. Anyway, okay, right, so um, now... Stop having banter. Now Disney. Terry Wogan's exit is the room. Um, <laughs> Jamaican Wogan. Um, Jama- never mind. Right, uh, yeah, get on with this. Part three is where we talk to you, Andrew, about um, what's happened in your life since kind of you gave your life to God, you fully committed, you kind of had that revelation, kind of. So, you know, as we all know, um, when you give your life to God, it doesn't mean that everything goes happy, dandy, rosy, no. sunny. So, no. you know, can you tell us a bit about what's happened in your life, positive and negative, since you gave your life to God and how he's been there with you through it all? Since I gave my life to God, what's happened? A lot's happened. But as you say, not all of it happy and dandy and, yeah. and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I worked, we mentioned Walsingham in the last section very briefly. Mm-hmm. When I worked there... Uh, I applied for jobs, because it was only a year's post, so I was there from September through to July, so academic year's post. So I couldn't stay there beyond that. Uh, so I started applying for jobs uh, in London, mm-hmm. I thought it would be cool to go to the big city and work in the church in London, and, and I got the job, and I was convinced that that was it, I was just going to like take off, mm. and quite the opposite happened. I arrived there, and... I moved in on the Friday, and on the Monday I realised I'd done completely the wrong thing. Right, okay. The wrong thing at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, I've never, I had four months, and I've never been more miserable than I did in those four months. Oh, so you stayed? I stayed, well, I stayed for the four, I, I gave it a good go. Yeah. I gave it a good go. I was supposed to be there for a year as well. Right, um, okay. I thought I thought you were about to say you left. No, Monday, no, right? Okay. No, I was miserable on the Monday. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I you know. Yeah. I, I I cried on that Monday. I was so miserable, and I could have possibly packed up and gone home. But I thought, no, no, let's stay with it. And I was there for four months. But as I just said, I've never been more unhappy than I was in those four months. <laughs> it was isolating. It was miserable, it was, oh, all those negative, <laughs> negative words. Um, but through that, I realised God hadn't abandoned me. I knew God didn't abandon me. Um, I was very angry about those four months. I thought, why just send me somewhere where I'm going to be miserable? Hmm. Uh, but that was coming up three years ago. Um, and I realised that at that time, I wasn't mature enough to do what God was asking me to do now. Okay, yeah. I realised that he kind of moved me into a desert place, place, a wilderness. A wilderness is a word that we receive in the Bible quite a lot. Mm. John the Baptist, you know, voice cried out in the wilderness. Uh, and that's what God did to me. So it wasn't that God hated me, so wanted me to suffer miserably for four months. Yeah. <clears throat> or that I'd done something bad in a previous life so God decided I was going to have to suffer for it before mm-hmm. life could get better. It was just that he needed me to mature, I think, really. Yeah. Thinking back now, it's better to think on things. And it's better to get some perspective. But you can't do that while you're in it. Yeah. Um, so that was for me probably my toughest kind of moment with God um, were, the, were those four months. Um, but... You know, God creates life out of death and all of those things. 
um, and I'm getting married in July. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the who's the lucky lady? What's her name? Uh, Millie. Oh, Millie could Gibson. Had, could have had some yeah. banter there. Um, throwing a, who's what? the lucky man out? You could have. Well, yeah. Some banter I there. should have said that, shouldn't I? Really, I should have gone yeah. woman. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. How do you guys meet? Well, again, this is going to be now a hat trick, waltzing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So she was part, uh, one of my team there. So I thought or my team we worked together in a team yeah she wasn't in my team or I wasn't like a director right um, but she was part of the team to which I worked um, so we met there and the relationship developed from there and she moved to London as well mm-hmm. um, I suppose one of the ways I know that she's kind of like you know the right person is that during that those four months that we just spoke about touched on uh, she could have easily given up yeah. Could have easily walked away and gone, no, no, he's not who I thought he was. No, no, he's really miserable. I really can't hack this. Um, she stood by me, and stood by me through thick and thin. Um, and, uh, yeah, we get married in July, so that's quite exciting. Really? That is exciting. exciting. Yeah. How did you propose? The whole one knee thing? It, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I arranged yeah. it all, all through her friends to yeah. get her to a certain place where I needed her to be. Yeah. Um, did it all secretly um, and got down on one knee and asked mm-hmm. and uh, she she took the ring out of the box and shoved it on her finger before I could get up <laughs> off my knee and then, and then she said I, I think you better do that oh, yeah no. <laughs> she took the ring back off again really? um, so so yeah so no so God can and does work through both the really miserable times and the really good times mm-hmm. um, because we wouldn't want anything, anyone thinking, you know, if they're having a tough kind of time, God doesn't love them. No, no which, um, that's one of the things that is very easy to let the the enemy trick you into believing, isn't it? Definitely. Is things are really tough. Things aren't going as I expected them to be. God's left me. Yeah. Um, where is God? I blame God. He's. Uh, this is his fault. Kind yeah. Of, you know. Yeah. It's so easy to fall into that trap. You know. Yeah. And I've been guilty of it fairly recently. Oh, we all actually, are. But, we all are. Yeah. We all have moments of it. When we fall into that trap. I think one thing was said to me when I was going through tough time, which was, well, which was four months as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah four months of tough time, was that, you know, I I had questions, and doubts, and stuff, and one thing that was sort of said to me quite quite a lot was that you know God didn't make this thing happen. However, He will use this to form you into a better, stronger person, both in your faith and in your character and stuff. So yeah. you know, and that is just so. True, I, I do feel not boasting. I'm not saying, Oh, look at me, I'm so great. Yeah, yeah I haven't got life 100% figured out yet. None of us have, I don't no, think. No, no, exactly. none of us have. Yeah, but I look back and it's like I am so much stronger in areas and better in areas than I was before those that horrid four months. Definitely. So it's formed me to be this person who I am today, you Definitely. know, and other moments since then, it's, you know, all part of the walk, a journey. That's mm-hmm. why we call this our walk. Well, life is a journey, not a destination. I just clicked and pointed at Andrew there. Yeah. And <laughs> 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 just for the listeners. <laughs> they could have just heard, you know, and it's like, there. Doesn't translate audio. Um, audibly. Or, mm. Mm, is that a word? Anyway, uh, so, uh, Andrew, I have a 
question more and that I don't want to keep going back to the no. adopted thing but it is one of those things that's fairly you know fairly unique it's not unique but it's yeah. fairly you know mm-hmm. not everyone goes through that kind of thing no no not at all you know people talk about um, God as their father and being adopted into the family of mm-hmm. God when you give your life and stuff do you have a would you say you have a special perspective on that because of your life or has that ever occurred to you or no, you just don't think actually. anything anything until, really now. until now yeah. until now yeah. i have to say that didn't, hasn't occurred to me until this moment mm. i guess um, well i only ask because obviously i, I raised mum dad around yeah. you know, all that kind of thing and for me the the idea of being adopted into a family was is almost like well what what does that mean kind of you know it took me a while yeah, to yeah, process yeah. and get yeah, used yeah. to it so yeah. I, I don't know I might be being insensitive. No, 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 not at all, <laughs> not at all. Don't worry, Andrew, he won't be here. <laughs> Season three, new host, Terry Wogan. <laughs> I'm not dead. That's it. Um, yeah, I, you don't have anything more to say to that, do you? No, I don't think I do, really. Oh, good. No. Then I can Unless you're looking for more things. No, 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 I, no I've got a question. Gone, oh, this is no. terribly disappointing. No, 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 I've got a question. So... Your, the church you attend now, mm. what's it called? Uh, Holy Trinity, Reading, just over the road. Just over the road from here. Just over yeah. the road. I, just, I knew what it was called, but I just thought I'd let you yeah, say yeah, just in yeah, case yeah, I yeah. get it wrong. Um, Sundays at 10 if people are looking for things to do. Brilliant. Now, would you so it's ours. Ours is Battle of the church. <laughs> no, no, we, were, no we, we're all we, one. We work together. Work together. Right. Amen. Yes. Um, so... What I'm quite interested in, and maybe some other listeners are quite interested in, is what, what is the church like? Now, for, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's quite a traditional church, would you say? Yeah, yeah. traditional. Now, for someone who's not been to a church like that, mm-hmm. could you just sort of, I don't know, explain what a Sunday morning is like? So Sunday morning, so Holy Trinity is what we would call Anglo-Catholic. Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't familiar kind of with what that means... It is a church that's fully part of the Anglican Church, or fully part of the Church of England, the same thing. Um, and Holy Trinity happens to worship in the Catholic style. Right, okay. So Sunday morning looks quite traditional. We have an organ. Um, and more Pews. Pews. Oh. Pews, if anyone's looking for one. Wait, what are pews? Seat, long benches, like wooden oh. benches. Oh, is that what they're called? What? Yeah. Uh, shut up. Genuinely, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> Is this an April Fool's moment? No. You okay. know the old expression, pull up a pew? No. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Okay. Wow. Learn something new every day. Mm, you do. You learned there weren't whales in the sort of music. We learnt Terry Wogan's Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> now I've just learnt what pew is. <laughs> so it's a long wooden bench. Um, so we're sat on a sofa now. It's so this isn't a pew. This isn't a pew. But the, the, the style is the same, kind of a long <laughs> It's just thing. a bit longer yeah. and wooden. And wooden. Okay, and wooden. Um, so hymns on Sunday morning tend to be, I, I would say, traditional but not dirgy. Yeah. I think there tends to be a thing that if they're traditional, they must be dirgy. Mm. And I don't think that's true at all. Um, they're kind of more uplifting, but I'd say more of the traditional style. Um, we have incense on a Sunday morning, okay. smoke, yeah. um, sanctuary bells, the old 
If anyone, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard the Sanctuary Bells, the Bells, the Ring of Bells. I think so, yeah. yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. I've heard the bell be wrong yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, it's a bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, fairly traditional mm-hmm. Catholic style of worship. And, that, and, that, and is that something, like all the churches you've been to, you know, through your life, have they always sort of been similar in that way? No, no, no. no some have been, like, well... Less than that, more than that. Mm-hmm. Less, I mean, in terms of stuff, rather yeah. than less the presence of God. Mm-hmm. The presence of God is the same. Yeah. Um, but some churches I've been at have not had so much kit okay. in that style. So what is it about, and maybe you can't answer this question because obviously you, you just go to this church, but what is it about this uh, style of church that attracts you towards it and to be a part of it? Yeah, so... Because, well, as we said earlier, I'm quite a scatty, slightly disorganised person. Mm-hmm. I quite like the order of the traditional worship. Right. Yeah. I, I find that, for me, helps me focus, helps mm-hmm. me centre much more. Um, and what's called the liturgy, so our service is known as the liturgy. Yeah. Um, it's like a drama, in uh-huh. a sense, but of the best sort, not just drama... Bad drama, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense, yeah. but but drama to help lift people's mind beyond the ordinary. Yeah. Um, I think it's very easy to get stuck in the kind of everyday chaos of life, mm-hmm. and what I find liturgy does, that style of worship does, is kind of lift me out of the ordinary everyday mm-hmm. and lift me beyond that um, to worship a most wonderful, powerful, awesome God. Hmm. Um, I know it's kind of not for everybody yeah well that's the only reason I ask because personally and again I've never really been to a traditional church and uh, a traditional church service yeah anything like that uh, the only church services I've been to have been more like what we do here in Livestream where it's all a bit modernised yeah. I feel like that's for me and I'm just like you know Again, we're saying I like, don't put God in a box. You know, he's not just sort of one yeah. style. He can be many styles, and you can have that how we access him. God's always the same. No, exactly. So access. just for for someone like me, just curious on how your sort of church is run. Yeah. Stuff. But also for listeners to sort of see that, you know, me and you, both different churches, yeah. same belief. You know, yeah. same same God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Sorry, Steve. Do you have a question? Mm. No. 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 Well, no. <clears throat> no, not really. No. <laughs> okay. Well, then, I've got one last question, if that's all right, Steve. Yeah. Oh, I'm nodding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Audio description. <laughs> Steve was nodding. Um, so, we touched a bit about, like, how your sort of life has changed and stuff. On a final note, mm-hmm. if you could sort of tell the listeners about you yourself, in your character, mm-hmm. how... God has changed you, uh, like personality, your outlook on life, you know, what sort of in you that has sort of changed on how you view the world, um, and what you would say to sort of God, like, uh, and you would say, you can say to God, you can talk to him right now, sort of say, you know, like, but just tell, like, the listeners what you would say to him in a way of, like, a thank you note, like, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose if I was to thank God for anything, mm would be helping me to see and realise that I don't have to um, pretend to be somebody else. Mm. Um, 
as we said in the first part, I went through teenage years thinking I wasn't quite good enough. Mm. Um, and since those years, God has helped me to realise that, that I don't have to be anybody else. I am me because God wants me to be that way. You know, hopefully when one day I get to heaven, he won't say to me, Andrew, why weren't you like Luke Kempit? He'll mm. say to me, why weren't you Andrew Day, who I created you to be? And I'd say that he's given me much more perspective on what it means to be Andrew Day. Um, and so for that, I'd thank him most of all at the moment, that, that gift of being able to see that I'm unique, unique in a good way, um, loved, and, and with a real purpose beyond just uh, impressing people, beyond just getting good results in order to get on so the world can see how successful I am. Because um, that was what I, I thought life was about. Being good, getting good results, mm. getting good job, earning lots of money so the world can see that Andrew Day is a successful person. And God's lifted me beyond that to, sit, to show that I am special. Awesome. Well, what a story. Mm. I mean, what a story. What a lot of banter as well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of banter this <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> uh, I do apologise if it was too much banter for our listeners. You'll have to email us to let us know if that's the case. Yeah. But I don't care. I learn what a few is, so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we do in every part of the show, we ask our guests who are here with us if they have any prayer requests. So, Andrew, would you, do you have any uh, prayer requests that you like? Me and Steve and our listeners to pray for you. Uh, not so well. I suppose not so much for me, but for for Holy Trinity over the road. Yeah, it's undergoing a, a huge kind of uh, development and regrowth um, and regeneration. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of prayer. Yeah, it takes definitely. a lot of prayer. Um, and I'd really like it if the listeners in particular would, would pray that we may hear God's voice, that we may discern God's will in all of that, that we may be true to what God wants Holy Trinity to look like. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. Pray, pray for the church over the road. What about your wedding? Hey, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be, I was trying to be unselfish. You can have multiple prayers. I yeah. was trying to be unselfish. But There's not nothing selfish about us for a long time. I mean, if we're going to be here another hour, I mean, you can forget it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put that list away. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, pray for... Uh, yeah, okay. As, as you've allowed me to indulge myself a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, pray that... Uh, Pray for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Pray that it may go well. Definitely. Um, pray for the future years. Mm. And the same with my uh, journey towards priesthood. I was just going to bring that up because, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both on the same wavelength. Yeah. This is why we're good co hosts. Yeah. <laughs> we know each other. Yeah. I don't like you still. Yeah. I that's love you. Previous, I love you. That's a previous episode. No, I love you. That's my brother in Christ. I love you. Yeah, but really, you don't. So anyway, <laughs> your priesthood. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you could just pray for that journey as well. Definitely. Pray. So pray. Pray for marriage. Pray yeah. for priesthood and pray for the church over the road. Awesome. I'd say they're my top three. Pretty uh, all encouraging prayer prayers. Definitely will. You know, we we um, are not against having like people come back in the future to sort of tell 
another part of their story, you know, of like where they've come since their first time being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the years to come, we'd love to catch up with you again, maybe yeah, on this yeah. podcast and see where you're going on this, like your journey yeah, into yeah. married life and priesthood. So I've worn down even more. <laughs> <laughs> so we wish you all the best. And yeah, of course, we'll be yeah. praying. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, so thank you once again. Um, thank you again, Luke for co-hosting with me despite your hatred for me um, and dislike dislike sorry hatred's a, power, <laughs> hatred's a powerful word uh, so listeners before we leave you I'm just going to remind you one more time how you can get in touch with us or show your support for us so you can like our page on that on Facebook search for Our Walk you can follow us on Twitter at Our Walk Pod you can send us emails and artwork and all kinds of things email ourwalkpod at gmail.com and as always, please go to our website, have a look. We'll upload blogs and all kinds of things up there. Ourwalkpod.com. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.